Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, senior dog pet parents. This is Dr. Monica Tarantino, and I am so excited to be here. It's been a while since I've been able to record for you guys and talk about my favorite, favorite age group of dogs, senior dogs and the geriatrics, but it's really great to be back, and I hope you guys have been well. I have been doing good. I've been mostly just working. (laughs) I think most of you guys know that I am a full-time general practitioner in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, and I love my job. So I usually don't ever want to cut back on my hours because I love it so much and I love my patients. But this talking to you to senior dog pet parents is a really big passion of mine. So I really do enjoy having the chance to talk to you guys and hopefully give you guys some perspective on the health and happiness of senior dogs. So let's launch into today's topic. This week, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics because I think it impacts so many senior and geriatric dog pet parents out there. And that is trying to answer this question of, is my dog too old for anesthesia and a dental? Okay. And this is something that I hear all the time. And so I want to try to give you guys some perspective on it and just share some of the conversations that I have with my pet parents and my owners behind closed doors to help give them some perspective. I have to be really clear about this, but I can't give you and your dog direct advice as to what to do. And the reason why is that it varies so much as to per senior dog. So each senior dog is so different in their health status and their history that I can't give you guys like a blanket recommendation for it. But what I can do is I can talk to you guys about several principles and things that I discuss with pet parents to help them make the decision easier. And I'm going to do that by giving you guys three recent examples of dentals that were done on dogs at my practice that were geriatrics. And I'll briefly discuss the conversations and the considerations that we put into deciding on what to do with these dogs. And hopefully that will help give you guys some perspective. But again, the best person to talk to about whether or not you should do a dental on your dog is your veterinarian. So let's start with the first thing that I think is really important to understand when considering doing a dental in an older or geriatric dog. And I think this is something that a lot of people will feel some resistance to at first. And that is this concept that age is really not a big factor when we actually consider anesthesia, okay? Their health status is, but not their age. So I'm going to just say that one more time. When I'm evaluating a patient to decide if I want to do anesthesia on them, I look most importantly at their health status and less so at their age. And that's the way that most doctors actually look at it. And there's a couple reasons for that. So let's give an example of this. About a year ago, I had a 14-year, eight-month-old black Labrador named Sophie, and Sophie was one of my favorite senior dogs, and on her semi-annual physical exam, I saw a tooth in the back of her mouth that had some pus around it, and it just looked infected. There was like really red gums. It was kind of brown in color. It looked painful, and when I was examining Sophie, it was so painful that she kind of gently pulled her head back away from me whenever I was trying to look at it. I was still able to let the owners actually see this tooth in her mouth. And we talked about it. Sophie was old for a Labrador. I told you she was 14 years and eight months at the time. And she's truly what I would classify as a geriatric for that 
breed. She was near the time that many Labradors will have something pop up that may be life-ending. And so it can be a little bit scary for owners when they're that age. Health-wise, when I look at her, she had hypothyroid disease that we managed. She had early kidney disease and she had some mobility issues. But other than that, she lived her life like a champ and she was still able to get around pretty well and go for her walks as long as she had her medications. This tooth that I saw in her mouth was rotten and likely painful and there was just no getting around that. So the decision that her parents and I had to make was, do we put Sophie under anesthesia to help fix this tooth or not given her medical conditions and her age right now? And what we decided after discussing it was, this tooth was painful for her. And though we did not know how long Sophie may have, and I mean, it could be weeks to months to a year or so, we didn't want her to be in pain for that remaining amount of time that she had. And I did not have a medical reason to not pursue this dental on her. So we ended up doing the dental. I found out that she actually had two rotten teeth in the back of her mouth on that one side, and then one on the other that was kind of tricking me. You couldn't really see it when you examined her, but I could see it on x-rays. And so I removed those three teeth and I woke her up as quickly as I could from her anesthesia. Sophie recovered really well. She was a little slow and out of it the night she went home and the day after, but by day two, she was almost back to her old self and she did great. She lived for another seven months going for her walks and holding her leash in her mouth when she'd go for her walks, which was her thing. And she did it pain-free and her parents and I were just ecstatic about it. So let's go into example two that I wanted to share with you guys. And that is of a dog that I'm going to call Libby, who was a little, and I mean a teeny chihuahua that I've been seeing for years now. And when she was 10, I saw her for the first time. And she had some bad dental disease and I recommended a dental. And every time I'd see her, I'd recommend it. And she'd get scheduled at times, but then her owners would get cold feet and they'd cancel before she came in. But now at age 14, the owners are ready. And Libby at this time in her life has developed a pretty severe heart murmur. So we got her heart checked out by cardiologist first just to make sure it was okay. And the cardiologist cleared us to proceed with the procedure. So we had her all set up for her procedure. And then the week before, Libby had a few scary neurologic events. So I'm not going to go into detail detail as to kind of what they were, but they happen several times. They aren't quite typical. There's a couple different possibilities, of course, including like brain disease or throwing a clot, but I re-examined her and I decided that at this time we probably should postpone her dental until we see what comes with these neurologic events that have been happening. And one of the points that I want to make with this case is this, if you have a healthy senior dog and your veterinarian is recommending a dental, I always try to take advantage of that and do them when you can, because there may be a time where you may not have that option, like right now with Libby. The owners and I really want to help her with her teeth because we know that they hurt her, but there have been a few roadblocks for us recently as she has aged and ones that we didn't have a few years ago. And it makes you wonder if we had addressed those teeth back then, if maybe she'd have at least a few less rotten teeth in her mouth right now that would be making her mouth less painful at this time. And I've discussed chronic pain at length in a previous episode of the podcast, I believe it was episode two, but dental disease is truly a disease of chronic pain for our dogs. And I think diseases of chronic pain really matter for our seniors because they affect their day-to-day life. And going back to Sophie, which was the old Labrador that I did the dental on, and Libby, 
those teeth hurt them. And I know that for several reasons. One is when I try to kind of examine them, they don't like me too. But the other is that when I have them under anesthesia, oftentimes when I'm gently kind of probing around a tooth that is a little bit diseased, their heart rate can go up until I get that local anesthetic block on their, around their tooth. So, you know, I know that these guys have pain from this, from experience and from working with them, and they just don't have a great way to tell us. So being aware of that and being aware if your veterinarian is recommending a dental and they think that your pet is relatively healthy, you may not have the opportunity in the future to do it. And this ties back in a little bit to the first point that I made, which is that Age is really not a big consideration for us when it comes to whether or not a dog will do well with anesthesia for a dental. Their health really is. And we run the risk, if we're making decisions based off of age, of not doing a dental on a dog that actually may far exceed the life expectancy that we all have. So there are plenty of dogs that are living longer than ever now due to the amazing nutrition that we have developed over the past couple of decades and the healthcare that they get at the vet. So, you know, it's really hard to say if you have a healthy old dog to not do a dental simply because of their age. So the third example that I wanted to give you guys is going to be my newly adopted senior dog named Orwell. Orwell is a 12 and a half year old Maltipoo with, he came to me with quite a few issues. So I just adopted him probably about four months ago and he has a touch of doggy dementia, (laughs) a new heart murmur, a cough, a history of vestibular disease that has left him with a head tilt and a couple more things, but he is a really funny little guy. And Over the past couple of months, one of the things that I noticed when he was starting to hang out with us was that he would just casually slap his gums from time to time. There was maybe one or two teeth that maybe when I looked in his mouth that I thought had a little gum recession, but nothing too bad. But I knew that it probably was a good idea for me just to do a dental on him now because he has several health conditions and I don't know how fast they're going to progress. So we went ahead and we scheduled that dental for him to make sure his teeth were not hurting him. And what did we find? Well, Orwell, who had just, you know, two teeth that looked like they had a little bit of gum recession, he actually had 13 rotten teeth in his mouth. 13 of them. That's so many. It just goes to show you the importance of doing dental x-rays and that you can't really just trust the appearance of your dog's teeth and just trust that because they look good from the gum up that they are in fact healthy. In fact, we find many teeth that look healthy from the gum level up, but actually have rotten roots that are causing pain to dogs once we have them under anesthesia. So Orwell went back to eating that very night he came home and he has felt so much better. He had probably about 36 to 48 hours of grogginess before he kind of came back to his old self. And let me tell you what, this dog now, we did not know he would do this, but now that we had his teeth taken care of and he... By the way, he has four teeth left in his mouth, so he has not very many teeth. But now that we took care of his teeth and that pain that he had that he couldn't tell us about, this little dog actually runs around and chases tennis balls and picks them up and drops them at our feet, wanting to play fetch all the time. And he actually did not do that before we did this dental. And, you know, my fiance and I wonder if part of that was because of the dental pain that he had. So I I hope that those stories kind of help put some things into perspective for you all. I do want to talk about one more thing though, because I do not do dentals on every senior or geriatric dog. I don't. 
There are some that have health issues where I have a frank discussion with the pet parents and I say, hey, I really want to do that dental on your dog, but I am worried that he will not do well with anesthesia. You know, he has a bigger risk than the majority of senior, relatively healthy senior and geriatric dogs. So it's really important to discuss and think about this concept of the risk benefit ratio, because with this risk of doing anesthesia on our older dogs can come a really great benefit. But there are some patients that have more risk than others. I'm going to give you guys an example of a geriatric dog that I owned whose name was Bonbon. So Bonbon came into our life when she was 14 years old, and she had a whole bunch of problems that were never addressed by her previous owner. So she was still intact. She had never been spayed. Because of that, she had a bunch of mammary masses that no one had ever dealt with. She had really bad dental disease. She had a pretty bad heart murmur. She had a lot of issues going on. So when I initially adopted her at 14, I made a big decision for her to address those issues that I had just mentioned. And so we did a procedure right off the bat when we got her because I knew that my window was really short on when to address it. So I'm glad that we did. When we did that short procedure, we were only able to address some of her dental disease, not all of it, okay? So as Bonbon got older, after she recovered from that procedure, which she recovered really well, well, as she got older, we knew her dental disease was going to progress. And our plan was to let her kind of relax from the big surgery that we did and in about four to six months go back and address the rest of her teeth if we could. Okay. And that opportunity never came for us. And this is why. Bonbon's heart murmur got worse. She went into heart failure at some point over the next six months. And then eventually she developed pulmonary hypertension. And that was probably all at about age 15. And just to tell you guys what happened, Bonbon lived to be 16 years old. So she had a great two years with us for her end of life care. So by the time she was 15, she had moderate pulmonary hypertension. She had a really bad heart murmur and she had dental disease that I would have loved to address. But the truth was that she was not a good anesthetic candidate at that time. And so what we chose to focus on with her at that point in her life was keeping her on her heart meds, keeping watch on her breathing and her lungs, which was like the biggest, the biggest issue for her. And then also trying to keep her comfortable with regards to her mobility. And that was just what we had to focus on because of her health. Her health did not allow us to pursue a dental on her at that time. And I would not recommend it. You know, if Bonbon had belonged to another owner at that, at that age, I would not be advising a dental for her. And I didn't advise it for her when she was my own. And the same thing happened with Frodo, who was my sole dog at one point. When he was about 15 years of age, he had pretty severe lung disease. So his lungs, he had some pulmonary fibrosis and he had just severe chronic bronchitis to the point where he would get secondary pneumonias pretty frequently. And even though I wanted to do another dental on him, at that point in his life with the conditions that he had, it wasn't the right answer for him. But I had some relief when it came to Frodo because we had kept up with his dentals throughout his life. And so when he got to that point where it was going to be more of a risk than we were willing to take on because he had such other severe health conditions that we had to focus on, it was okay. You know, I had known that I addressed the majority of his dental disease throughout his life. 
and he probably was going to be okay at that point. So his last dental was probably at about age 14, if I recall. So the point of that is that there are some patients that I will not be recommending dentals on because they've got such significant disease elsewhere that really need to focus on the other disease, which is really important to their survival. I hope that that was helpful for you guys. And I hope that sheds some perspective on the discussions that I have with my clients behind closed doors. All of those things that we mentioned are really important. And so let's just review them real quick before we finish the episode. The first thing we mentioned was that age is not really a factor when we consider anesthesia. Health is, right? So their health is the biggest factor when we consider anesthesia, not their age so much. The next thing we really talked about was this idea that Dental disease is a disease of chronic pain that truly can affect a pet's quality of life. And quality of life is really all they have when they get older. Like it's all about that. Everything that we do for these older dogs is all about maintaining their quality of life. And I also listed that with the story about Orwell, who we adopted recently. And after we did that dental, we were surprised. We found 13 rotten teeth in there. But after we did that dental, Orwell's doing things like running around playing with a tennis ball. He did not do that before we did this dental. And I have to believe that that chronic pain in his mouth from those 13 rotten teeth has something to do with it. And the very last thing that I just wanted to talk to you guys about is there is a point. Yes, there is a point in your dog's health status or in their life where a dental is not going to be recommended. And my suggestion to you guys that are struggling with if your pet is at that point, or if your pet is at any point, is just to talk to your veterinarian. I promise you that they want the best for your pet as well. So they want to succeed with their dental. They want the best for your pet. And there is no guarantee when we do those dentals, there's just no guarantee in life that they're going to go perfectly or that they're going to do great. I will say that the majority of the pets that I will recommend dentals to do do well, and that's important to know about. So discussing that with your vet and finding out if they think that it's worth doing a dental on your dog is so important and actually is honestly the probably the most important factor for deciding on if you want to do a dental on your older dog because they're going to have the experience. They're going to know how their cases have gone before with these dogs, and they're going to be able to hopefully advise you as to how they hopefully can go for your dog. All right. So I hope that was helpful for you guys again. And let me know if there's any topics you guys want me to discuss in the future. Otherwise, I hope you all have an amazing week. And if you enjoyed this podcast or you got something out of it, if you would please leave me a review at Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to it, I would so appreciate that. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys next time. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian.